This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack had you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. And welcome in. It's another edition of 5th Avenue Faceoff. Be sure to follow the podcast inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. That's when you'll get the newest episodes delivered right to you, right there in your Odyssey app where you can listen worldwide wherever you are and whatever you may be up to wherever you get your podcast be sure to subscribe leave a rating and review we appreciate it as always i'm chris mack a 93 7 the fan and the fan morning show in pittsburgh jackie redmond of nhl network later bob pompiani of kdka tv but as we like to do a couple times a week we bring our man tango to the table former penguin eric tangrady follow him on twitter at e tangrady tango how we doing? And uh, what do we make of this team, man? I don't know. It's up and down. It's back and forth. Thought we had a pretty good weekend against a couple of Metro Division opponents. Looking pretty good in a win against the Rangers. And yet, here we go. Another blown lead against the team they're not as, uh, that isn't as good as them. Chris Letang saying they let their foot off the gas. Didn't have the same urgency as Montreal. Jason Zucker, who's been arguably the best player on this team, not named Sidney Crosby over the last month and a half saying they don't have any answers for this thing so what's what's your answer what do we do I I feel like we've beat around it constantly for the last month and a half how do we get this team to put forth a full 60 minute effort yeah um first off thanks for having me got some 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 heavy hitters on the show today I I guess that I'm a good little warm-up before we get pumped and oh uh, you're off my lead off man you got to set the (laughs) stage you got to get us moving in the right direction no it's fair it's great but no um yeah, it seems again like it's a couple feet, you know, one foot forward, two steps back type of thing. I mean, they had a great week. Um, obviously, the, to me, the Islanders game was 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 a real gut wrenching loss in the sense of like total control of the hockey game until they didn't. Um, big overtime win against the Rangers, and then that game yesterday. I, I'm wondering if it like if they're still in this mode where like they just assume that they're in the playoffs. They have so much pedigree, so many guys have been there. There really hasn't ever been that fear of like, oh man, like we might miss the playoffs because they've right. always just made it. So uh, I'm curious to see, like, I, I just don't see that enough consistent desperation hockey. Like, of course, I'm sure that game against New York, against the Rangers in New York, they'll probably play their best game of the year because they just took one on the chin at home. But it's like, we're you're running out of days in the season. You're running out of time. Obviously, the Islanders gave them a break uh, last last night by losing as well. Um, maybe I'm, did I read that right? They did lose. Yeah. 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 So like we, you need to be as a team pushing for the playoffs. Like you need to create your own destiny. You don't want to look at it like, Oh, we lost, but the Islanders lost. Like, no, they need to be playing desperate hockey every shift, every period. 
stuff we've talked about uh, over and over again. I don't have the answers because it just seems like one night it's incredible, all four lines. And then last night was special teams were a wreck, um, bottom six, a little bit of a liability, not enough consistency. Yeah, and, and it's it's to the point where that games in hand that we've been talking about for a while is starting to be frittered away too, right? Like they've only got two games in hand now against the Islanders. Those games, as we've said over and over, don't really matter unless you win them. Uh, they don't have any games in hand against, for example, the team they're chasing in the Rangers. They're eight points back of them now. Or a team that's chasing them in the Panthers, for example, who are ninth in the conference and only five points behind them. So well, I, I, you're right. We, we don't have the answers to how for, they, they need to create the urgency. But the one thing I do get a sense of, and it's one thing coaches do all the time, right, in the middle of a game to, to create some urgency, is yank the goaltender. It had to do it for a third time in Tristan Jari's half dozen games back uh, against Montreal. So my question to you is, does it make sense going into New York on Thursday to roll with the Smith instead of Tristan Jari? Or is that something that you can't get to yet? No, I, I think you have to. I, I think it's 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 the season's on the line. I mean, the, the days are dwindling. Mm-hmm. Like every game's the most important game of the season. I understand that the, the process of like we have to get Jari acclimated, you know, acclimated after after his injury. See if we can get the best out of him in a short time, so we can have that one-two punch, um, especially with the schedule coming up. But you you have to ride who um, has been the most consistent, which is not necessarily consistent, but of the two. I think you have to ride the Smith, and obviously a lot of that's going to depend on the outcome. I, I would assume he gets to start uh, on, on Thursday and then see how that goes going into Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I, I would even consider playing them both. Uh, to your point, if he plays well Thursday night and you get a win against the Rangers and you're going to be right back there at the Garden on Saturday, why not roll with the same guy? I mean, this is something they failed to really address in the offseason. They brought back the Smith to back up Jari. Uh, they know what they have in Jari, or I guess they don't know what they have in Jari. That's the bigger problem here. Uh, so you're kind of stuck with what you got. The hand that you've been dealt is the one you have, so you better play it. So I would lean Jari as well on Thursday, uh, or excuse me, to Smith on Thursday, even if that means that Jari has to sit. I, I, obviously, knocking the rust off, like we've talked about with Jari, has not worked. So you go with the hot hand at this point. Like you said, at this point in the season, you're running out of days, just 15 games left. Um, to that point, too, I think we thought maybe they overplayed their hand a little bit when they went out and got all these defensemen, but here they are now, possibly down three of them going into Thursday's game. Kulikov week to week. Uh, Jan Ruda took a pretty nasty shot on the inside of the knee. We don't know what's up with him. Petrie, we're not sure of any length of time either. So how do you build this blue line now when it looks like you may be down to just two righties and Latang and Ruedel? Everyone else is a lefty, including maybe... Uh, Ty Smith, if you call him up, and POJ, who continues to play somewhat erratically. Right. It's almost like just the cards you're dealt this time of year. It's unfortunate you make trades. That stuff is a little unlucky. Hardest part for me watching last night's game was like, how good did Matheson look? <laughs> like, yeah. Not to go back oh. and like and try to play uh, armchair GM again, but there's another guy that, you know, we see the McCann and then we see Matheson. It's like, man, like that would have been a young, if only. young guy. Yeah. If only we just, you know, Kept our kept kept what we had a little bit moving forward, but that's all kind of water over the bridge at this point. But yeah, I, I think you just need somebody to step up. I mean, you're going to get massive minutes out of that top three, top four, and somebody just has to step in and be willing to just eat pucks, block shots, and keep things simple. But that's what happens this type of, this time of year. And 
it, it kind of goes back to as an organization, obviously not having first round picks, not having top 15 picks. Like they just don't have a very strong system right now. There's nobody really in the minors that is like pushing this lineup and, and, and getting, I think, a fan base excited for the future. And that is a little bit scary when you look at just trying to get in the back door to a playoff, uh, a, a, a playoffs this year. Yeah, to to that point though, I think it's it's been something to see that when Mike Sullivan has leaned into some of the younger guys, you know, it took him three months to finally really commit to putting Drew O'Connor in the lineup every night. It's worked. Um, you know, now that they've got Nylander up here, it's worked. He's been one of their better players in in the middle six at least. Um, they're gonna have to probably dip down into Wilkes for at least one, if not two, guys over the next week or two because of these injuries on defense um is it on Sully to to finally put a foot down and just refuse to play Jeff Carter or is it a, a stubborn coach with a veteran player that he's trying to give every absolutely every last chance to yeah I think when when it comes to and this is just from my own experience if if a veteran in the coach's eyes is a tie to a younger player that hasn't proven himself that hasn't played consistent hockey in big moments a veteran's always going to get the opportunity. Um, I know that Carter's had his struggles, but in, you know, face-off circle, he's strong. Generally, defensively with his skating, that's where his strengths are. Now, contributing offensively, that part of his game is, is kind of faltered a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I, I almost see it as late in the game, late in the season, they're treating this like playoffs. you got to give the veteran the opportunity to play bigger minutes in a bigger role. But I can understand both sides of the argument of, like, you have somebody young, fresh blood who is just out there every shift, like, laying it all on the line because every day could be their last. But uh, I know that coaches, especially veteran coaches, get a little bit hesitant to put a lot more trust in those guys in those, these types of games. Yeah, it's tough to see. I, I, Jeff Carter's a, a really solid dude and has been great for a long time. It's tough to see him out there struggling with the minutes that he's been given and being put out there on the ice in important situations and still not coming through. A minus four um, last night, which is uh, when you when you when you're losing to Montreal and struggling against Columbus and the the, the teams of that ilk, um, it's tough, especially when you see young guys come in and have a positive impact. On the lineup. So before I let you run, I got a. It's free agency season in the NFL, right? And you're a football fan. You, you grew up out on the other side of PA as a, as an Eagles fan. So you, 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 I mean, your your favorite team and you're a Steelers fan now. I know um, your favorite teams are dealing with free agency. Everybody's favorite team is. But do you have any? As we go for two with Tango, any crazy free agency stories from the NFL? Like July first in the NHL is the day, right? Where I don't know. Maybe you're talking to a buddy and he says, my gosh, you wouldn't believe what my agent's telling me or, oh, I'm out on the golf course. And all of a sudden I got a call from this guy. Would you believe this team wants me? Or, you know, what's it like when you, you, you get an opportunity to go overseas and you don't know anything about a team, but they're offering you money to go keep playing the game uh, for just a couple of minutes. Any crazy stories that surround free agency in Eric Tangrady's world? Yeah, so um, I'll probably not give the name, but I went to uh, <laughs> my brother-in-law had his bachelor party in Las Vegas. Um, a couple NHL buddies of mine who are mutual friends with my brother-in-law um, were on a bachelor party. We're in Las Vegas and we're at a nightclub. And this buddy of mine who plays in the NHL is coming off his entry-level contract and he got a text message that he just got um, 
a five-year deal for just right around $30 million on the dance floor at the nightclub. No. Um, so at that point, we're going absolutely crazy. And he <laughs> bottle service that, for everybody. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. He said, Oh my gosh, this is incredible. If the deal's done, um, let's have ourselves a time. He goes to buy, pay for all these bottles. Um, his credit card gets declined because <laughs> at that point he was on an entry level. Didn't wasn't really making like the big money yet, even though he yeah. was signing the papers. Um, so credit card gets declined. And uh, of course, uh, yeah, I had to scoop the tab up, pay me back for everything. No, but right. it was just a really cool experience where we're just on a voucher party. And most people on a voucher party, just a bunch of broke guys doing the best they can to have a good time. Right. Signs were right around 30 million. I got the bill, everyone. Card declined. <laughs> oh, that's classic. So, yeah, and then really, you're taking really out cool. loans from your buddies for the rest of the weekend, <laughs> yeah, even right, though you got right. a fat contract coming. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, all right. I know you got stuff going on, uh, so I'm going to let you bounce. Uh, we'll catch up later in the week, hopefully, and uh, see if this team starts to point themselves in the right direction just a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that game against Montreal, you can look at it today like it's not the end of the world because the Islanders lost, but take a look at their schedule next week. Back-to-back Colorado-Dallas, like those yeah. will be two points uh, as a fan base that you'll be sitting there saying, oh, man, why do we let those slide when we're going into Colorado, fly through the night, and then go play against Dallas back-to-back? That's that's gonna be it's gonna be a scary uh, week. Obviously, can't overlook the Rangers back-to-back games there, statement games in MSG. But uh, yeah, the schedule does not look very nice for the next ten days. Seven all, games in uh, six sudden, games in ten days. Yeah, all of a sudden, even a game against Ottawa looks important with the way with the way they've been playing the last couple of weeks. It's nuts. Everything takes on magnified meaning with fifteen games left. Tango, appreciate the time today, man. We'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Chris. Talk soon. Eight points behind the Rangers, uh, just five points ahead of the Panthers. As you heard me mention to Eric earlier, it's tough because those games in hand are evaporating. And yet here the Penguins remain right there in the thick of the wild card race. Two games in hand still against the Islanders, I guess, for what that counts. But you're only two points ahead of them. I don't know how much damage you're going to do with those games in hand. If you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing the air quotes with my fingers. And of course, That's where you can get the show, as well as inside your Odyssey app. Odyssey colleague, uh, Boomer Esiason, wanted to have him on the show this week, right? I I mentioned this story last week that I I, I kept teasing it and teasing it, but I'll tell you the story now. I reached out to uh, a mutual friend of mine and Boomer's and asked if he could pass the message along. This is probably about a month ago, month and a half ago. Pass the message along to Boomer. Hey. I'd love to have him on the show during Penn's Rangers week, right? Because we've all been looking at these three games between the Pens and the Rangers and what it would mean for the standings and the Metro Division race and playoff positioning. He said, yeah, sure, no problem. I'll pass it along to him. And I'm sitting there watching um, a Penn's Islanders game one night. And I, I remember the specific moment because it made me so ugh, out of my mind mad. But there was this scrum around the net. It was the night Matt Martin of the Islanders happened to just be taking runs at everybody in black and gold, right? I mean, absolutely everybody. And it ended up being another Islanders game where the Pens blew a lead and lost to New York when they should have won. And I just remember grabbing my phone and I, and I just tap out on my phone. Oh, what a surprise. Matt Martin playing like an asshole. And I said, um, it's, it's YouTube and it's, it's online. So I can swear now. Uh, I'm not, I'm not used to being able to say those words and not get yelled at. I type that out on my Twitter and I bang, hit send. And you say, oh, wow, you shouldn't swear like that on Twitter. Ah, well, it's Twitter and I'm mad. 
okay? And I don't like the way Matt Martin is playing, okay? The way Matt Martin was playing that night was typical of the way Matt Martin and the Islanders have played against the Penguins for years. Just a, a lack of respect, especially toward the superstars. So I tapped that out. Oh, what a surprise. Matt Martin playing like an a-hole. And uh, a couple days later, not even thinking of any of the connections here, I circle back around to the mutual friend in New York uh, between Boomer Esiason and I. Boomer, a huge Rangers fan, but... Uh, I reach back out to our mutual friend and I say, hey, did you get a chance to ask Boomer about coming on Fifth Avenue Faceoff? And he says, yeah, um, I think calling his son-in-law an asshole probably took care of that. And it hit me. Oh, yeah. Matt Martin from the Islanders is married to Boomer's daughter. Oops. But here's the deal. That's how Matt Martin makes his money, boom. Come, what are we doing? How are you getting how are you getting annoyed at that? It, I mean, the timing on my part, admittedly, a little less than perfect, that maybe a day or two after I had reached out to Boomer to try and get him on the show, I tap out a tweet calling his son-in-law an asshole. Uh, actually, I didn't call him that. I didn't call him an a-hole. I said he was playing like an a-hole, which is an important distinction I was taught by an old boss a long time ago. Anyway, point remains. Boomer, would still love to have you on the show if this message somehow gets to you. You're probably not interested, and that's fine. But I did not call, technically, I did not call your son-in-law, Matt Martin, an asshole. I technically said he played like one, which is his, it's in his job description. That's the way he plays the game. He's proud of it. The Islanders and their fans are proud of it. You should be proud of it too. I imagine your daughter may be proud of her husband for the way he plays the game because his teammates rally around it. So keep that in mind. If you'd ever like to see fit to forgiving me for saying your son-in-law plays hockey like an expletive deleted, um, that's what he's supposed to do. Oh, well. Hmm. We will have, later in the week, Sean Marash from the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio, another noted New York Rangers fan, and we have a bet with each other uh, as we do a BetQL show together, uh, a bet that I am currently currently winning uh, with two games left in this season series between the Pens and the Rangers, but we'll talk to Marash, as he's known, uh, Sean Marash of CBS Sports Radio later in the week about that bet and this Pens-Rangers series, which... Let's be honest, if you're looking for a reason the Penguins may have struggled against Montreal, at least mentally, staying engaged in the game, especially after going up 2 nothing. I'm not, I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying it's good. But if you're looking for an excuse, it may be, oh, we've got this Canadiens game, and those guys suck in between three games against the Rangers that may help decide where we end up finishing in the Metro Division standings and who we end up facing in the first round of the playoffs. Just something to consider. All right, Jackie Redmond of NHL Network going to join us in just a couple of minutes. It's Women's History Month, so I'm curious. Who was the woman that inspired young Jackie Redmond growing up in Canada or motivated her to chase down a career in sports broadcasting? Plus, we talked to her, obviously, about her thoughts on the pens and where they're at right now. And she's friends with a famous Pittsburgher that I have to ask her about. Speaking of famous Pittsburghers, Bob Pompiani, the man, the myth, the legend himself. You know Pompin ain't easy. Bob Pompiani of KDKA-TV Channel 2 and 93.7 The Fan. He joins me next right here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome back in Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Uh, subscribe inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. That's where you get it delivered as soon as it's ready. A uh, couple times a week, we go around the league usually and, and talk to people who have a view from the other side of the ice. We'll get a league-wide view from Jackie Redman of NHL Network in just a couple of minutes. You heard my story about why Boomer and won't be coming on the show this week, but we're doing better than Boomer. Who needs Boomer? We got Pomp. Pompin ain't easy, but he's here with us anyway. Bob Pompiani of KDKA TV2. Pomp, thanks for doing it. How have you been, my friend? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you doing? Congrats on the new uh, podcast here. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, It's been a heck of a time to get it started with the ups and the downs of this team. And I I don't know. I'll ask you. You've been watching this team for years. You've covered all five Stanley Cup runs. Uh, What is the deal with this team? And can they get right in these final 15 games after what we saw Third time in, what, six, seven games, they blow a big lead. They have to pull their goaltender against Montreal on Tuesday night. Can they get things set in the right direction between now and, well, this time next month? You know, I think the simple answer is goaltending. Uh, if you look back at all those teams that won, they had reliable, confident goaltending. And this team right now does not have that. This has, you know, Casey DeSmith has emerged as maybe a better option. And I don't know if that's a good thing heading into the playoffs. They got to get yeah. Tristan Jari right. We saw it again in that Montreal game where, you know, four goals on seven shots, that's it. And, and listen, I know that they have leaks in front of him. And I know their defensive coverage has been lacking at times. But, uh, you know, you got to make saves in those situations and bail your guy out, bail your team out. And I think we saw that with um, Montembaum with Montreal, he was facing a lot of shots and he came up with big saves. The biggest one probably was third period on Zucker. Anyway, if you don't get that, I don't think you really have a chance. The problem with this team does not lie with the guys they brought back and expect, expect to be here for the next four years or so. Those guys are all playing well. It's, you know, the other problem is you know, bottom six, not much consistency. Um, in fact, the Carter situation is really a difficult one. All these moves that Ron Hextel made at the deadline, you know, he's trying to dig himself out from them. He did it with Kapanen. He did it with McGinn. Carter he gave a two-year extension to. These are moves that probably shouldn't have been made. And now you're kind of stuck here, which limited what they could do at the trade deadline, although I thought they should have done more. But, you know, those are the two biggest problems that I see here that I didn't see back in those teams that were winning, goaltending and bottom six contributions from other and star players yeah and, and what's interesting is you know what we've seen all year long sort of whether you put it on Sullivan at times whether you put it on Hextall for the pieces that he's handing to Sullivan to work with this stubbornness to to really lean in on 
certain players. And you know, it took, it took him two and a half, three months to get Drew O'Connor in the lineup on a regular basis. Alex Nylander is finally up here and playing on a regular basis and looking pretty, pretty good. Um, it, it's paralyzing them as far as Jeff Carter goes. And perhaps I worry, I'm, I'm sure it's something you mentioned, DeSmith may be the guy to go to at this point, but it's something I worry about with goaltending as well. Do they continue to go back to Jari? Casey DeSmith should be starting Thursday night in New York, but I fear that they'll go back to Jari and use this excuse of, well, he's still knocking off the rust. Yeah, I think it's more than knocking off the rust. I think even though Mike Sullivan said after that mm-hmm. Montreal game that, you know, he's healthy, it's just a matter of getting him up to it. I still think there's something there, and I don't know what it would be. You know, hip injury was mentioned. That's a bad injury if you're a goaltender trying to get through it, especially with the word chronic attached to it. So that's a concern, and I do believe they have to get him up to speed. At what cost, however? Do you do you sacrifice points against teams you need to beat to do it? No, I don't think so. you got two games against the Rangers coming up, and DeSmith right now is your best option, so I have to go with him. And I thought, you know, they lost the opportunity maybe to catch the Rangers third with that loss to Montreal. They still got a lot of work to do to do it. Uh, but you have to worry now about guys coming from behind. You know, the teams like the Florida Panthers, even though the Penguins have games in hands, teams like Ottawa, Buffalo even, depending on if they get hot, if the Penguins, you know, go back and forth with this inconsistent play, it opens up the door for those teams to come in. So I still think they're going to make the playoffs. I do think they'll have a tough assignment regardless of who they play. Although with Carolina, you know, that's a tough loss with Svechnikov being gone for the rest of the season. Um, that's that's a hard one for them. But, you know, they still have a pretty good team that gives the Penguins fit. So bottom line is they just got to get in. If they get in, the goaltending better be good or else we're going to see what we've seen for the last three years. Yeah, and back to Jeff Carter for just a second as one of those guys that they haven't been able to get away from, whether it's Mike Sullivan being stubborn or – uh, they feel like they can't call anybody up because of the cap situation. Now you're kind of limited in the number of call-ups you can have unless you've got injuries, which unfortunately they're dealing with on the blue line. How, how would you remedy the Jeff Carter situation? My idea would just be, hey, use one of these blue line injuries, probably Ruda, uh, to make an emergency call-up. It might not necessarily be a defenseman I call up. Uh, I might bring up another forward. Just somebody to get into the lineup on the bottom six because – Paling's still out. Bonino's hurt now. Um, call, use an emergency call-up. Get somebody, I, I don't know, one of those forwards from Wilkes-Barre up here. Insert them into the lineup to maybe breathe some fresh air into this thing and finally send Jeff Carter to the press box. I wouldn't disagree with that. And they, you know, they brought Jonathan Gruden up a few uh, weeks ago, but they only played him like two or three minutes. You can't do much in two or three minutes. At some point, yeah. you have to rely on you know, they won, as you know, those two Stanley Cups by getting a tremendous infusion of youth into their lineup. Uh, guys who came up and immediately contributed. And and that's what's kind of missing right now. Uh, I'm glad to see Nylander up here. They got to play him more. O'Connor, you need those young guys uh, to give you a little boost when it comes to the energy of the game. And I think Gruden would be a call-up I'd make and I'd play him. I, it can't get any worse. Carter was a minus four in that game against Montreal. He hasn't scored in a long time. He seems to be just a luxury item to win faceoffs, and that's it. You can't afford to have that, especially if the guy's not going to score. So, um, I think, you know, at this point, you got to make it, you got to make a decision. Mike Sullivan tends not to do that. It seems he, you know, pivots toward the veterans, but at this point, what do you have to lose? Jeff Carter has been right. totally unproductive. What's your benchmark? Uh, since we're talking about personnel moves, what's your benchmark this year for saying, okay, I'm all right with bringing Ron Hextall back. Or is that an impossibility for you at this point? I think I've gotten to the point where I think it's time to make a change. Um, you know, I don't think he has much of a history as a GM. That's a successful uh, history. Therefore, um, and he seems to be, you know, 
in a, in, in, caught in a quandary right now, trying to be a winner now and trying to protect assets for the future. Well, you got to choose here, one or the other. And if you're not going to make um, winning now a priority, uh, then you probably shouldn't have brought in guys like Granlin or anyone else to, to, you know, to put another 10 million on the books for the next two years. I don't think he, he wants to give in uh, to sacrificing future assets. And if you don't do that right now, then what's the point? Why, why did you bring everybody back? You have a veteran lineup. It's the oldest lineup in the NHL. And you, you know, you should have made that number one pick or something else available to someone else at the trademark. I just don't like the way he's navigated through this. I think you need a fresher approach. Jim Rutherford had his words, no doubt about it. I mean, he, he sure. threw some things away, but he was quick to, to make deals that he thought would help them now. And it's still about now with the Penguins. And if it's about now, then now is the time to do something with him, I think, at the end of the season. Yeah. If you're all about now, then you better be aggressive. Uh, and Hextall has been anything but with his moves. He sat and waited and waited and waited and been far too patient at times. Um, let me ask you this. This is off the, uh, off the beaten path here, but you've worked in local TV for uh, what? 35 years now, right? 40, 40 years. That's right. Your 40th 40. anniversary was last year. Oh, no. oh my God. Uh, <laughs> but we're at an inflection point now where, it sounds like something somebody's going to have to take charge of this situation that fans I know are really worried about with how am I going to watch my games? Um, it sounds like there's a possibility now that Nesson uh, being that they are, you know, the Fenway sports group is, is part is majority owners of the Penguins. Of course, they own 80% of Nesson as well. New England sports network, which has the rights to Red Sox and Bruins games. It makes a lot of sense that we may see that become uh, a primary method that they may come in to sort of prop up at, at least broadcast for these local Pittsburgh teams. But I'm just curious what your perspective is on, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it, the industry now and people getting an opportunity to watch their teams, because I think all the way back to when you first broke in and I would watch pirate games on KDKA sometimes, or, you know, Fox 53 back in the day, right. You know, it was a completely different landscape than it is now, because then you had the rise of, the cable sports networks like KBL uh, and eventually Fox Sports Pittsburgh. Uh, and I just, I'm curious what your perspective is on it with someone who has so many years of experience and where you think we're headed with it. Well, we're heading in multiple directions very quickly. Um, I see that Bally, you know, filed for bankruptcy this week and he knew that was going to happen. Uh, I don't think fans are ever going to be without watching games. Somebody's going to make it available, whether it's the Penguins and the Pirates combining on a network that can make it happen that is fueled and run by Major League Baseball and the production team they have, because that could very well be in play. Um, you know, AT&T Sports has two uh, networks, one and two. I think you're right when you say NESN. I was talking to some people who work there who said it's very much alive that that conversation is being talked about because of the Fenway group. Whatever it may be, uh, it's going to be available. The question is, how will it cost? Is it going to cost people more? How much will they have to pay? And I think people are very much concerned about that. So I know that our station here, KDK, and you know Pittsburgh CW, which is our sister station, I think we would be interested in doing some of those games over uh, you know, commercial television if we had an opportunity. So I don't know if that exists, if that's a possibility. I know our people are interested. Um, and there are ways to, to do it. Uh, that wouldn't put a, uh, you know, pressure on people who are watching in terms of streaming money, more of it. But I think ultimately what you're going to have, Chris, is exactly that. You're going to have uh, opportunities to watch when national games happen. But in the meantime, there's going to be a new 
sort of streaming network that comes in, whether it's a combination of NHL and MLB, whatever the case, I think that's the future. I don't think you're going to have to worry about the rest of this season. I think they'll figure out a way to make it available. And then in, in the off season, that's when hockey specifically will change. And I'm not sure what direction it ends up. Yeah. I'm seeing numbers thrown around at like 30 bucks a month, $320 a year, which, you know, when, when we first started having this conversation on the morning show about a month ago, I threw out 20 bucks a month. I thought was reasonable and feasible. Uh, but you know, in a world where people are already linked into how many different streaming services, you're paying 10, 15 bucks a month for each of those. In some cases, it very quickly adds right back up to what you were paying for cable. Anyway. Um, the fact that, 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 KDKA and Pittsburgh CW would be interested. Local CBS Pittsburgh would be interested and be able to, I, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but clear that onto free TV for people um, would I think be enormous if that could be a part of the solution. It is, but you know, the teams now have got to worry about how do we make money on this too? Right. You know, all of a sudden now this money we had earmarked for our, uh, our league is going to be gone because we don't have the money coming in. They can't make those payments. Bankruptcy ensues. And so now what do you do? How do you get that money? And, you know, those are things that have to be worked out and it goes way far up the ladder more so than I can even comment. I just know that in the end, I would believe that it's going to be a streaming service that's available. The question would be how much money. And to your point, that does add up. And everyone, you know, especially now with inflation going the way it is and prices soaring at just about every mm -hmm. uh, walk of life that you have to deal with. I don't know how many people are going to be willing to do it. And that would be a shame. So they got to be mindful of, of both things here. They want to make money, yes. But they got to make that product available, and maybe it's more advertising dollars uh, that they can get, you know, that they didn't maybe have an opportunity to with AT&T Sports Network, for example, here or out in Seattle. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of work yet to be done. I haven't heard any clarity about it at all at this point. So we'll see where it goes. Before I let you run, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, does this team, A, end up in the playoffs, and B, uh, when and if they do, how far do they go? Yes, they will make the playoffs. I just think games in hand help them. Uh, and I can't see them totally falling apart here. I, I think their inconsistency is a problem. But when they play and when they put their minds to play in the way they're capable of, I think they're, they're a pretty good hockey team. Again, the goaltending. I, I, I wish I had a prediction for you with the goaltending. If I knew yeah. an answer there, because it's uncertain, that is a problem. And I think it will, again, lead to their downfall in the first round. I can't look at it any other way at this point. I was hoping Jari would get back and be really good at what he's done because I think when healthy, he is a pretty good goaltender. However, we have not seen that and we haven't seen it in the postseason. So how do you know for sure? Those other teams have big goaltending advantages, I think, specifically Boston. Yeah. Um, Linus Olmark has been great all year. Very consistent. That team is, if they end up getting that team, although sports is meant to be played, we can talk about all we want. Just go back to what year was it, Chris? 2000. 12 or 13 when they took on the Bruins and the Bruins swept them, even though the Penguins had stocked lineup with, right. They just added a Ginla and Morrow and the crankshaft and everybody else. And then they got swept in that series. So, you know, it was, it's unbelievable how it works. Uh, but generally speaking, they get in. Yes. But I don't think they last long. At this the, point. the irony of Ron Hextall making so many mistakes over the last two plus years. And yet his downfall coming down to the idea of not being able to get competent goaltending as a former goaltender himself <laughs> is just, is just too rich. And I think we'll, we'll everybody out on the other side of the state. Uh, I talked to some people from Philly last week. We'll be sitting there nodding their heads knowingly saying, we told you so.
Well, I'll uh, tell you one thing that they look bad. This wasn't him. This was a more of a Rutherford, but they traded Philip Gustafson, who they drafted, and he's now looking like a really good young goalie in the future. Uh, and that Derek Broussard trade was just one that didn't need to be done, and it was, and that's another thing. You know, uh, the good with Rutherford and the bad with Rutherford all at the same time. I, I just talked with Eric Tangrady about the way, how good Mike Matheson looked last night. You know, you, you see he was Jared flying, McCann. and he's a plus player on a crappy team. Exactly. Jared McCann and Brandon Tanev are key to a really good Seattle How about team. Evan Rodriguez? <laughs> I mean, we just keep going down the list. All and, right. and all of those, those are forwards, plays they could have made. Yeah, you know, all of those forwards. Instead, they went the other direction. Yes, and all of those forwards are exactly the kind of forwards they're looking for right now. Middle six guys. Um, right. So, yeah, we'll see where it goes from here, Pomp. Thanks for taking the time today and talking about a multitude of issues, man. I appreciate it. All right. The Mac attack. Anytime. Thank you. Great stuff from Pomp. I, I really do. I, I, I think it's interesting that uh, CBS Pittsburgh, as, as Pomp, Pomp works for him, uh, KDKA and or uh, the CW, locally would be interested in getting in on some of those games i think if nothing else especially in the months of well at least in the month of april right when the pirates are just getting started up and the penguins are playing playoff games that may only be broadcast locally or that at least have local broadcast rights attached to them you think of the first two rounds of the playoffs uh there's going to be schedule conflicts so what happens if there's there's nowhere to put one game let alone two you know, is there an instance where uh, maybe the remnants of AT&T Sportsnet is broadcasting a Penguins playoff game and a Pirates regular season game, maybe even something like the home opener, somehow ends up on KDKA TV 2 or the CW? Uh, there's a million questions that go into both uh, the immediate impact of these local uh, sports channels going bankrupt in so many places, uh, all the Bally networks, but also the AT&T sports networks. Uh, and, and then the long-term effect of that too, in, in so much as, is how do things get ironed out for future seasons or at the very least this baseball season that that's just getting started uh, in a few weeks. Uh, it would be something to see Fenway sports group kind of swoop in Say, hey, we've got the blueprint laid out. We've got all the people in place up in Boston with Nesson. We know how to handle baseball and hockey. We'll take your people and basically just buy up the network and start broadcasting Pirates and Penguin games. Uh, since we've already got an 80% stake in Nesson, we already own the majority of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, it sounds like John Henry, owner of the Red Sox, chairman of Fenway Sports Group, and Bob Nutting have some sort of relationship, the owner of the Pirates. So... Maybe it's something that works out for everybody involved. Uh, the question would be, how much will it work out when your wallet comes to play, too? Because if it's a streaming service, uh, if it's an app, uh, add another one onto your Hulu and your Netflix and your Paramount Plus and whatever else you're using, Fubo, all of it. Before you know it, you look up and you're paying as much in cable as you were. Uh, you're paying as much in streaming services, I should say as you were in cable fascinating though, wherever we're headed, uh, we're headed into one more segment here on fifth Avenue face off with Jackie Redmond of NHL network Peacock. Uh, she works, does some work with WWE, uh, is all over the place, but it's women's history month, the month of March. So I thought we'd talk to an accomplished female broadcaster, someone who works around the NHL on a daily basis and talk to her about not just what she does, how she got there, but also, well, about the NHL and the Penguins specifically. Jackie Redman of NHL Network, next here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack had you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome back in. It's 5th Avenue Faceoff. Chris Mack and 93.7 The Fan and The Fan Morning Show. Lucky enough to be joined by Jackie Redmond of NHL Network. Peacock. You do a little bit of everything. Gets feisty on Fridays. Um, this is perfect, Jackie. Um, been trying to get you on for a while, but I know your schedule is packed. And it worked out, though, that it's March, right? And so this yes. is where I want to start with you. I want to talk pens. I want to talk hockey. But I want to I start with Women's History Month, right? Okay. And who was, you know, little Jackie growing up in Ontario, <laughs> right? Um, watching hockey, big Leafs fan. Who was the woman or women maybe that inspired you or motivated you to, to do this crazy thing called uh, broadcasting, to chase down a career and then to do it in, in probably one of the wildest ways uh, people could think of in like a reality show for <laughs> and get into it that way. So what, what, what inspired you starting as when you were a little girl? You know what? I've been asked this question a lot um, this month in particular. Uh, we had an all women's edition of NHL now. So we did a, mm-hmm. a bunch of promo for that. And, and I got asked a lot. And the crazy thing is, is that, you know, when I look back to my childhood of watching hockey and watching Hockey Night in Canada and hanging out with my dad, like there wasn't a woman in sports, in particular in hockey, that I was like, I want to do what she's doing. Or There just wasn't a lot of women doing anything in hockey. But I loved, like loved Cassie Campbell. She was captain of Team Canada. She's a broadcaster now, but when I was right. like a kid kid, she was playing and I had her card and I got it signed at a hockey tournament one weekend. Like I just thought that she was the cat's meow, the coolest thing. Haley Wickenheiser, of course, too. But for whatever mm-hmm. reason, I gravitated towards Cassie Campbell. I'm pretty sure she was on a cereal box at some point. But in terms of like women playing hockey, I just thought Cassie Campbell was so, so cool. But what really I think inspired me to do what I do and to chase this crazy career is twofold in terms of the the female aspect. It's my mom, you know, growing up, my mom was an absolute boss still is she works her tail off. She was the breadwinner in my family. She is somebody that um, is super independent, believes that the sky is the limit. Like this is the woman that I saw as a young girl kind of doing her thing, not taking no for an answer and sort of climbing the corporate ladder in her world. And so for me, I think it was never a question of like, if a woman could be whatever she wanted. Like I just had a mom that just really chased everything she ever wanted in life and had a husband that supported that. And so I think from a very, you know, a deep philosophical standpoint, I think that was just such a great model and image that I had in my life. And I'm very fortunate to have had that. I know that not everyone does. So I think that's the first thing. And then secondly, you know, um, my dad, who's not a woman, but my dad, you know, was really the person that inspired me to go for it and made me feel like 
um, my voice mattered and my opinion mattered. And I don't even know that he did it intentionally. I think I just, my sister and I both were tomboys. We played a ton of sports, including hockey. And we watched a lot of hockey with my dad. And as I got older, you know, I didn't want to go to bed. I wanted to stay up later and, and talk about the game. And my dad, you know, used to listen to these sports talk radio shows where people would call in, ask questions, and the hosts would answer them. And, you know, my dad let, let me start staying up for those. And then he would kind of have the conversation with me, like, I don't know, should Darcy Tucker be on the power play? Like, what do you think? <laughs> and he would, you know, kind of turned me into his little buddy because my mom traveled a lot. She was gone a lot through the week as a kid um, working. And so I kind of just had that foundation of just like, I got to school and I got to high school and I got older and I was very open with my opinion. I wasn't afraid to share it. And I think it's just because my dad, you know, in this roundabout way kind of taught me through his actions and the way he treated me that, you know, I did have a space in the conversation yeah. and I, my opinion was valid. And, you know, if I wanted to argue about who should be playing with Matt Sundin and whether or not that should be Darcy <laughs> Tucker, like I was going to tell my <laughs> classmates what I thought. Um, so I think that it all stems from that. And, as I got older, um, you know, hopefully this is changing now, but when I was in high school and even college, you know, I always would get in these debates, conversations, whatever, about the Leafs, the Blue Jays, whatever. And guys were always very surprised. Like, how do you know so much about this? Why? Wow, you're like really opinionated. And um, I think I started to realize over time that like, hey, maybe that is something that's unique about me. I hope that's not unique about me anymore. And I hope that all the girls, uh, you know, in North America and around the world that are showing up to school, you know, giving their thoughts on the way the Penguins approach the deadline, I would hope that they're not getting, you know, responded to with shock faces. Yeah. Like, how do you know so much? It's like, well, how do you know so much? The same way. We love <laughs> yeah. the game. So I know that was a very long answer, but it's no, the it's, truth. <laughs> it's great to hear as, as the dad of a soon-to-be 14-year-old daughter and a soon-to-be 10-year-old son, there were plenty of heated debates this past <laughs> fall about whether the Steelers should continue to lose. So they could get a higher draft pick or whatever, or oh, the, old you know, the old tank debate. <laughs> exactly. So it, it's great to know that, um, that, that you, you had your parents right there at arm's length as your role model in that regard. But here's a question I have to ask. And I know you've been asked about this before you grow up in like London, right? Toronto yeah. area, like yeah, a couple but, hours West of Toronto. Okay. So, other than the O on Toronto there, that's the first time in all the times I've watched you on the fly or NHL now or anything where I've heard, sorry, uh, the, that Canadian accent come through, right? So do you get chirped by family now when you go back home that you sound like some some crazy American? Dude, I get chirped on both sides of the border. Like I walk around <laughs> NHL and MLB Network and people, I there's a producer here who is now a dear friend of mine who for the longest time would not address me as Jackie. He would just be like, sorry, what's up, sorry? <laughs> and I was like, Colin, stop it, like cut it out. So here at the network, you know, I get teased for sounding Canadian. I used to do Quick Pitch a lot, the baseball highlight right. show. And I would get tweets and different coworkers pointing out how I said out. Like, oh, this is going to be so fun to do because you're going to have to say out like a million times in the show. Because <laughs> we used to voice the actual highlight packs when I did it. Right. And uh, so I get teased there. But when I go home, they're like, you sound like an American. Why are you, why are you over like pronouncing your O's? Why are you saying out? Like, why are you being, like, you sound different. Um, so, yeah, I don't win on either side. 
Well, this works out because speaking of funny voices, you know a Pittsburgher from some of the work you do at Peacock, and he doesn't quite have the Pittsburgh accent, the Yinzer accent, but Corey Graves has to have taught you some level of appreciation for the Yinzer accent. And, you know, we talk a little bit like this sometimes. If we spend too much time down for man, he's eating a sandwich with the French fries on it. You know what I'm saying, Jack? Yes. No, he doesn't have that accent, does he? Like, no. he is, he's well, WWE has trained him well <laughs> to sound like a generic. No, just kidding. Corey Graves is the absolute best. And a huge Penguins fan, which I yes. didn't know until I worked with him. We did a holiday show together, and uh, we talked so much Pittsburgh Penguins hockey. So I, be, I actually haven't seen him in a few weeks. So I wonder, or talked to him, I wonder how he feels about the Penguins right now. Um, but yeah, he's the best, the ultimate pro, and uh, one of a few people that's been super gracious and welcoming for me at WWE. So, uh, I, And it's good to know, like, when you start something new, you're just like... Am I gonna find hockey people here? Like, right, who right. are my hockey people gonna be? And so it turns out I had no idea, but turns out he's one. Edge, of course, is one. Uh, there's lots of hockey yeah. fans over at WWE. Well, tell Corey everybody in Pittsburgh said hello. Uh, you guys got a chance <laughs> got a chance to play in a softball charity softball game with him uh, the summer before last, and just a great dude. Um, so it, let's talk about the Penguins now for just a couple sure. minutes and. It's up and down. It's a roller coaster here in Pittsburgh. They win a, a huge game over the weekend against the Rangers, for example, who they're chasing down in the standings. But then all of a sudden they go out and lay a total egg against the Canadiens, a team who has nothing left to play for. Mm -hmm. uh, people have their worries about Jari. He hasn't played well since he came back from his, his injury. Um, people are, are getting, not that Jeff Carter isn't a great guy and he hasn't had an awesome career, but He's just not getting it done out there anymore. People want to see him up in the press box rather than down on the ice. There's this back and forth of one day they look like a team who, who's got one more good run left in them. Uh, the next day they look like a team who will be lucky to make the playoffs. So what's the view from your perspective on where the Penguins are at right now? Well, I think you just nailed the main thing we've talked about on our show all year. It's just the lack of consistency. Like, who yeah. are the Pittsburgh Penguins? Is it the team that lost seven in a row earlier in the year? Or are they the team that, you know, over the last couple of weeks has actually played pretty well? I think mm -hmm. Crosby and Malkin and Zucker, like, they've kind of been, like, dragging this team right. to the postseason. And I understand, like... For me, it's just the lack of consistency. And I think when they came into the season, you know, bringing everyone back, it was this exciting thing where it's like, oh, I wasn't sure they could bring everybody back. They do bring all their core pieces back. They got to go for it. Like, this is not a team that's getting any younger in terms of their core. Then the deadline happens and, you know, the front office took a bit of a beating with uh, with the deadline approach. But I was looking at the stats this morning, like since, I don't know, like February 21st, 22nd, something like that. Pittsburgh's got like a top five or six record in the NHL. So that's that's great. And like you mm. look at who has the most points for them over that span. It's Crosby. It's Malkin. It's the players that you would expect. But I think. The big concern for me is the goaltending. And I hate saying that because I don't want to like knock on Tristan Jari. He hasn't been good. I think it's like an 863 save since yeah. he came back from injury. Yeah. Not ideal. And then you look at the last couple of years, they've dealt with goaltending problems in the postseason because of injuries, because of guys not playing well. And now it feels like they're going to go into the postseason. I do think they're going to make it, but they're going into a postseason with the same type of question mark. Like, okay, so Tristan Jari isn't exactly playing at a top level. And 
what happens if Tristan Jari gets hurt again? Like hip injuries are no joke. So, um, yeah, that would be my my big concern for Pittsburgh. But I am, I'm, you know, like I'm like a hopeless, I don't know what the sports version of this is, but I'm like a hopeless romantic. And so for me as a Nova Scotia girl, I'm just yeah. like, I need to see Sidney Crosby go on a run. And, you know, the thing that gives me hope is that those core guys are doing everything in their power to find a way to bring this team into the postseason. And then hopefully anything can happen then. But I mean, we saw Crosby last year against the Rangers. He almost single-handedly took them out. Like that was why. Right. Yeah. I'm like you, I'm a hopeless nostalgic, I guess is the way I look at it. It's <laughs> sure. like, you know, it's why I was excited to bring Crosby and Malkin and Latang all back for another couple runs, maybe at this thing. Um, and then like, to your point, they've ended up being the reason this team is getting dragged along as they are hopefully towards the 17th consecutive playoff appearance. Mm-hmm. So uh, before I let you run, I got to ask you, I'll bring it all the way back around to where we started. Okay. Uh, Women's history month. You, to- you told the story of being able to look up to your mother is like a boss power mom, right? Having your dad there to have the sports conversations with. So what advice do you have maybe for a young girl? What, when I, when I go upstairs and I meet my daughter walking in the front door from off the school bus this morning and tell her I got a chance to talk to you. um, What's, what's your advice to girls that are looking to follow the same path you've gone down? Um, This is going to sound textbook and cliche, but I, I genuinely truly believe it. Trust yourself, trust your instincts and know that like you are capable of the things that you dream about. And I think, you know, for me, and this is going to be another long answer, so I'm very sorry. But for me, you know, I, I truly believe that my career started to change and really take off the day that I decided that like I was going to stay true to who I am and I was going to do it my way, regardless of what anyone was saying. And I've told this story a lot recently, but you know, when I was working in Toronto, I was covering all sports. I had like, I was doing six different shows. I was kind of like a utility player. I was all over the place. I was doing highlights, but like the dream was always hockey. And when Sportsnet got the rights, I was like, all right, I, I have to get in. Like I got to be a part of this. And I wasn't. And at one point, um, you know, an executive said, you know, Jackie, you're great, but like, you don't stay in the box. And I spent days like just obsessing over that comment, like, okay, so I am good and you think I'm talented, but like, I don't stay in this box that you speak of. Like, I'm not conservative enough. I laugh on the air. I make light of things. I say what I think. Um, And, you know, I genuinely contemplated like, you know what, maybe I'm going about this wrong. Maybe I do need to be more traditional and I need to just stick to being newsy and being direct and like, reading what's in the prompter or saying just being very basic and like doing that. And I remember talking, you know, to people that I trust, my parents specifically, my sister and telling them, like, I think I just got to be more serious. Like I just got to be, and they're like, what do you mean serious? You take everything seriously. Just because you have fun doesn't mean that you don't take the sport seriously. And, you know, my dad said, you have two choices. You can fit in the box and stay, stay in the box, I should say. And maybe you'll have all the success in the world, but are you going to be happy? Like, are you going to genuinely be happy with, like, with what you're doing? And I think that that question like rattled me to my core a little bit. And I was like, wait, what, what does this mean? Now I'm questioning all of life. But I, in that, in that moment, and, and ultimately I decided like, I would rather fail being who I am and, and wearing my heart on my sleeve than 
succeed and then have to perform my whole life. And so for me, I just think it all changed when I just decided like, this is who I am. I know what I'm doing. I know I have a lot to learn, but I am going to approach this as the individual that I am. And I think now more than ever, I mean, I started 10 years ago. Now more than ever, I think we are accepting of, of sports personalities, people being more open about who they are, who they mm-hmm. grew up rooting for, whatever it is. Not everyone has to be like me. If you are super serious and you want to break stories, like chase that. But just don't let someone tell you what you are capable of or not. Like nobody defines you, you define you. So like, what does that mean to you? And chase that because it'll come from a genuine place. And I think when that happens, you work harder than ever because you're you're just coming from a real place as opposed to like, I'm trying to be like Joe Broadcaster and I have to speak this way and like do it this way. Um, you don't. So that was very long. I am giving you like no. novel answers right now. That was, that, look, I, I, I appreciate the fact that before you gave that long answer, you threw in a, <laughs> a, another story. So it was perfect. <laughs> it was you being you exactly like yeah. you're talking about. So great stuff, Jackie. Seriously, thank you so much for the time today. Um, it, it's uh, from the, the Women's History Month aspect of it to the hardcore, growing up a hardcore hockey fan in Ontario aspect of it, the little bit of Halifax, Nova Scotia you got in there too. Uh, yes. I think like everyone else here in the Berg, we'd love to see at least one more run for Sid. Heck, maybe you could go up against McKinnon in the cup final. That oh, would be perfect for you, wouldn't right? Wouldn't that uh, be so, oh, that'd be so much fun. And I have to say, like, I get tweets sometimes, oh, you hate the Pittsburgh Penguins. You never talk about them. Listen, I genuinely want, like, even though Crosby is the, my main rooting interest, like, it's a genuine interest. Like, I am rooting for the Penguins, and I hope they get in. Well, we appreciate the time today. It was great to catch up with you. Best of luck with everything. Hey, awesome time. Thanks for having me, Chris. Just perfect timing for having Jackie on. Uh, as I mentioned a couple times, it's Women's History Month. Um, and she's she's done it, I, I would call it the hard way, right? Like winning a, a reality show in Canada was called uh, Drafted, the search for Canada's next sportscaster, working her way up through Sportsnet, uh, and then uh, getting to cover the sport she she grew up watching with her, with her parents, right? Especially with her dad. Like she talked about watching the Leafs and getting to talk about hockey now every single night. Uh, great stuff from Jackie. Uh, of course, can watch her on NHL Network, also on the NHL on TNT. And as we mentioned there, with our guy Corey Graves from Pittsburgh on uh, Peacock in some WWE coverage as well. All right. Rangers week continues. How will things go down Thursday? Will it be Casey DeSmith in net or Tristan Jari getting another shot? Will Jeff Carter still be in the lineup? Who's going to be on the blue line with all these injuries? We'll break it all down on Friday. Be sure to hit the follow button inside your Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Go get the app and then follow Fifth Avenue Faceoff for all the latest episodes as soon as they're ready. Wherever you get your podcasts, follow the podcast. Uh, Be sure to subscribe download listen rate review we love positive ratings and reviews via whichever podcast uh, catcher you're using to get it and uh, be sure to come back here later in the week as we continue to break down Penn's rangers week and look ahead to uh, the last 15 games or so of this regular season and hopefully a playoff run with the pens here on fifth avenue faceoff <laughs>